0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am TJ Vantol. And with me today on the panel is Jack Harrington. Hello. And Paige Niedringhaus.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: And our special guest today is Chimizy Innocent. Chimizy, welcome to React Roundup. Thank you very much. Why don't you start by telling people you know who you are, what you do, why you're famous, all those good sorts of things? OK.
2: <laughs> wow. Famous. I wouldn't say I'm most <laughs> but OK, I've been reached out a few times and complimented a couple of times since I started writing technical articles. Um, in fact I got two writing gigs, Log Rocket and I am on demand from reporters reading my articles. So uh, mm. maybe I'm a little famous. Um, the recent highlight actually was when I was reached out for this podcast. I couldn't in a million years believe it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was like a dream yeah? because it was so it was still like a fantasy that many people were reading what I wrote. But then again, that's the good thing about it. You can do awesome things and have a great career from the comfort of your home. Yeah. Also, personally, I graduated from college, information technology, and still currently freelancing. But on the side, I write technical articles on Lord Rocket, Strapi, um, IOD, then personally on Dev.co and Ashton. Yeah, That's, that's
3: awesome. a great way to get that's- out there.
1: <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. Even if you're doing freelance work, it's a great way to show potential employers or, or new clients. You really know what you're doing. So kudos for that. Thank
3: you. Big time. And I love your portfolio site. It's beautiful. Wow. We'll put a link Thanks. to that in the description.
4: Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com.
0: I know we wanted to, so I we have a lot of questions because I kind of want to <laughs> dive in a little bit into, because I, I know we have a lot of listeners that are in a similar position that kind of want to get their name out too. So I want to dive into that a little bit, but I know there was also one of your articles we wanted to talk specifically about use effect and cleaning up. After it. So maybe you could start by just explaining to people that aren't familiar, like maybe we could just start, you know, the, the basics, like what use effect does and why you might need to clean up after it for just an FYI to people that, that might not be aware. Okay. This that hook,
2: it works like the component did mount, component did update, and component will amount in class component. So it does these three things together. You can use it to fetch APIs and the rest. Um, that's commonly what people use, use it first for. Okay. Um, so the cleanup function, um, the article was, I was trying to write about the cleanup function. React is built in a way, I'm sorry, rather, use effect is built in a way that you can return a function inside it. And this function is the cleanup function. And it works like the component, your know, will mount method in class components. You use effect executes the return function before mounting. So. Oftentimes, it's usually good to um, clean up the function. Um, okay, let me, let me use this analogy. The cleanup function works like a housekeeper in hotels. Um, mm-hmm. Their work is to mm-hmm. clean up and tidy the room after each um, customer has used the room. <laughs> wow, I should have said that to my article, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like this analogy. <laughs> so that's what um, the cleanup function does. It tidies up your... your mis- it returns a function where you tidy up your food, like clean up, um, so cance- canceling a subscription, and also, um, like canceling up with um fetch and all that,
0: right? Yeah, and I think too, th- this is kind of like an important sort of effort, thing to be aware of if you're not already, because at least in my experience, these can be some of the absolute worst things to debug imaginable. Oh, because yeah. if you don't like, if you don't clean up after actions, like you don't like, you know, reset your reset flags or re- you know whatever you need to do there. Um, you're not going to get a clean air message that said, hey, you forgot to do this. You're just going to get something cryptic that could happen. Maybe it's like some sort of a memory leak that you, exactly. yeah, exactly. Uh, which is even the worst, right? Because you'll never track that down to, to <laughs> ind- individual things. You'll just get absolutely weird messages in your logs and weird customer complaints. So uh, the more proactive you can be here, the better.
1: Yeah, it's it's a less talked about one. But Maybe that's something that you could share with listeners, Chamezi, Is when do you need this use effect cleanup? Because it isn't certainly for every use effect that people will use. It's just for certain ones in particular.
2: Mm, yes, actually, normally it's not that commonly used. Um, like for example, someone wants to just fetch an API, so it doesn't actually need the use effect cleanup function. But when the, um, the fetch is based on a prop, lets, like let's uh, for example. You are trying to get the post. So, um, you have to get the post using the ID. So then, uh, to get the post, the ID changes. So the cleanup function is dependent on, so, on that, on that ID. So in, the, in, in such a case, like, in such a case whereby you fetch um, a post, but your post has not fetched, has not, um, is not yet completed and you move out to fetch another one or you move out of the page. The fetch is, will still be going on in the background and on completion you try to update the state, but this time is updating a state on an amounted component, then it will throw that error, say, time perform, react state update on an amounted component. So, in, in such a scenario, you need the use effect cleanup function to clean up the code before uh, rendering, before the next render. It's yeah, the same sort of
3: thing with timers, too, right? If you create yeah. a set interval in your use effect, then when you return that, the cleanup function, that's when you're going to want to clear it.
0: Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, I think the way I've, I've been told to kind of learn this before is to build like a timer like within like a within an app with routes like because if you if you don't clean up after yourself, it's very easy to build a timer that doesn't work like you want it to work <laughs> <laughs> and, and, exactly. and, and, you have clocks that are you know stopwatches that are just starting and stopping, and you know <laughs> it's it's chaos. You have a thousand stopwatches <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that's yeah. a classic one. And
3: managing that dependency array is really tough as well. You know, folks, mm-hmm. they you don't really understand when that fires all the time or maybe it's firing because you you got a reference to an object and that's changing all the time as opposed to the actual ID that you're looking to change key on. Do you have any h- hints for people on how to manage those dependency arrays?
2: Okay. I don't really get this again. That's okay.
3: And so the, when you have that dependency array at the end of the use effect that the array of the keys on, like the ID of the post. So yes. sometimes that can cause some errors. Do you have any tips for folks on how to avoid those those errors, those issues? Depends, yeah, right?
0: that, that's okay. So TBZ, I'm also curious how like what sort of inspired you to go down the path of writing some of these articles? And like, what was your first step? Like, I, I'm I'm thinking especially of people that because I know a lot of people and I've been in this boat before, too, where you're kind of intimidated, like, I'm not good enough to write for this. You know, what what do I have to say? How do I how do I get things out there? So I'm kind of curious, what what encouraged you to get started and what sort of advice do you have to other people that are looking to write articles like this?
2: Oh, okay. yeah starting up was actually a mentor when i when i started out that advised me to develop my soft skills which included um, communication and then technical writing so well my first article was called the starting point it was not a technical um, article per se it was the point that i considered tech and i considered te- technical writing so i was just um, writing about why i why i consider this Part and where my path is So it wasn't a technical article it was just a broad article. So and I would say starting out, I never thought I would be writing technical articles or being paid to be writing technical articles. It was actually for fun. Uh, so it was in that in December twenty nineteen. So I wrote a couple of articles like let's say four on on Hash and then on dev.io. So after a while I left it because I was still in school and I had my project. Actually I was Assigned a school project in my final year. So it took a lot, a whole lot of time for me. So I was more engaged with that. And then again, at a point, I decided to pick it up again. And I wrote an article, how to blow a background image in React. So I also wrote how to blow a background image in React Native, And <laughs> I think that was the pinnacle of my technical writing because, <laughs> <laughs> because there, a recruiter from Logpocket emailed me. I was like, hello. I I saw this article and I I loved it. You you kind of write write for us. <laughs> when I when I first got the email, I was I was shocked because I never thought I would write technical paid technical articles. It was just uh, let me just write because I loved write actually. So it was just something I, I wanted to do. But then again, uh, since then I'm writing many te- many paid technical articles and. Does it? The advice I would give to those starting out is to just write. Uh, Most times I don't think of I just um, imagine or write other. Okay, what works best for me is this. If I see um, a hard concept that I cannot really get over, why coding? I try to learn much as possible by writing. So most times I'm Mm -hmm. not just writing for people to um, learn. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to write so that I will learn because. Most of my articles is 80% research and then like 20%, um, like fifteen (laughs) percent random writing, then 5% proofreading. So I just write it out there and then later I try to proofread and the rest. So my advice is just start writing. If you know, if you have a hard concept that you can't get over, write about it. By so doing, you're not just teaching others, you're also teaching yourself in the process. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I found that from writing my own articles is that I actually I think that I understand something. And then once I start trying to explain it, I realize or I I do the extra research to really get a much better understanding of it. But one question that I had for you is how do you come up with the topics? Is it side projects that you're building or things that you learned while you were in school or just issues that you come across as you're doing research? Like how do you decide what do you want to write about? Because as TJ said, it feels like a lot of things have been written about in many ways, but then we still find our own unique flavor to bring to it a lot of times that might help somebody else. But I'm curious, like, what do you do for, for ideas?
2: Okay. It's uh, in two places. First, on my personal articles, I, I take up concepts that I love. Like, for example, when I tried out um, technical, um, sorry, tailwind CSS. So I wrote okay. an article, getting started with tailwind CSS. So, and it was, uh, okay. uh, also when I, uh, when I, uh, learned about what's for the game, um, JavaScript array.arts. So I wrote about it. So I, what I do is any, um, concept that inspires me or not really inspired, that intrigues me. I try to write about it. Then on the other way, the paid articles, I, <laughs> they are paid articles actually. So, <laughs> so he's just, it he just give me, um, the recruiter has given me a list of topics to write about and I choose the one really? that resonates. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I choose I the like one it that was on be- i always had to be the
1: other way where you pitch ideas to them. They say we like articles about React or DevOps or things like that, but then kind of ask you to come up with things that you think you could write about. So that's interesting that they are giving you kind of a list of Ideas.
2: Yeah, You can also pitch it, um, a topic, but it's hard to pitch a topic because most people have written about it. After. So it's, it's very difficult, unless you're writing your personal article, but once it's a paid article for blogs and um, um, companies, it's, it's very difficult to pitch a topic, uh, a topic. So most times I just wait for them to um, send topics. And also I try to pick topics that are not that widely written about. or Mm. Maybe they're not widely covered. Like uh, when I wrote about um, CubeJS, building analytical forms with chats with, um, charts with CubeJS, I tried when I tried researching about it, I saw that, I don't think I saw a good tutorial on it. So it was really difficult. So, and because of that, I chose to write about it. So I had to, I had to spend weeks learning how to use CubeJS and then writing about it. So yeah.
3: How much time do you spend supporting your articles? Do you have people like hitting you up, hey, Innocent, saw your article on Cube. What, how do I do this? You mean
2: how I write my, my time frame?
3: No, do, when people, do people actually hit you up for advice? Do they come back to you and say, oh, I saw your article on such and such. How do I do this with it?
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Actually, correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to help my friend break into technical writing too. Um, we became friends through the same process. He saw my, some of my articles. I loved it. I said, seek me some advice. So first... I'm overwhelmed, obviously, because it's <laughs> still new. So and I try to read technical articles of people that I look up to, people like Josh Comey. I don't know if you know Josh, Sarah Dressler, and some others. So I try to read some of their um, posts and keep up to date with what they say on Twitter and the they on technical articles. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll know how to assist and advise others.
3: That'd be a great article on its own. Yeah, yeah exactly. How to get yeah.
1: started got yeah. to get See, started in yeah.
3: tech writing, yeah. Yeah. Glad <laughs> well, uh, we have another Tailwind fan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that
2: was going to come back. <laughs> I've, I've actually listened to some podcasts where yeah, Paige now that said she does she's not a fan of Tailwind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Not the biggest fan no. I'll I'll use Bootstrap, but Tailwind I, I'm just not a huge lover of.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Timothy, I'm also curious. Do you did you have a background in writing as well? Like, because your your writing is quite good, and I'm curious because I, I know a lot of people are sort of intimidated by that aspect as as well. Do you have any sort of background in writing or writing outside of tech?
1: Um,
2: yes, um, actually, my mom had quite a lot. While growing up, um, she gave me a task um, every day. I did. I studied the dictionary and I wrote, okay, she she bought a book for me. So I wrote 10 words that I discovered every day. And I'll make sentences with, um, all the 10 words. So she was like, do this every day and then write a book. None of the books you have published actually But, <laughs> 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 but they, they are, they are fun to do. And in the process, um, my vocab and, um, grammar structures became good. So, um, yes, yes, I do have a background in that. A personal background, yes.
0: Tith, go mom and also yes. like it's it's uh yeah it's a reminder to people too like if you're trying to get into tech you, you don't just pay attention in your your software classes right like this these writing things can really pay off <laughs> yes. yeah yeah indeed. yeah if you want
3: to get up to like the senior lead architect kind of level a lot of that is around communication you gotta go yeah. and think out the architecture or collaborate with other folks to come up with you know what you're gonna do and then well, write it down, you know, and communicate mm-hmm. it and be able to present it not just to other engineers, but also to other groups of people who might not have any technical background to be able to convey what the advantages are. So, yeah, go mom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, those technical yeah. skills. Well, I mean, even out of the technical context, I mean, just being able to write an email or being able to write a good resume or like when a recruiter reaches out, like they're going to judge you based off of how well you're like, if you write a response that's broken grammar and such, then that's going to get taken into account whether you, you want it to or not. So uh, skills like this do end up mattering. It's kind of funny. Yeah, they do matter and I know now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And one thing that I, I noticed once I started writing is that, It took me, it took me a while to actually find the style that worked for me or to find kind of the formula of here is a little bit of introduction and this is why I'm writing about this topic, like a problem that I was trying to solve. And then going into the actual meat of the article, but it's something that I think comes over time as you, as you write more, you just get a better feeling for, you know, when should I include an image or when should I include a code snippet or when should I explain what this concept is because it might be lesser known. So it's something that you get better at as you do it more often. Um, for anybody who's getting, who wants to start out, your your first few articles, you're going to look back on them and be like, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but if yeah. you keep <laughs> at it, Eventually, you will get really good and you'll get things like companies reaching out like Log Rocket or wherever asking you to write for them. So that's, I think that's a big part of it that isn't talked about nearly as much is that you're not going to write just one article, and then companies will come to you and ask you to write on their behalf or for them. You're going to write a whole bunch Nobody's going to do anything with it. You'll have like next to no page views on it. But if you keep doing it and keep refining it as you go, you'll start to pick up that traction because I did it for probably a year on Medium and I was just publishing it under my own name because I didn't have any connections with any of the publications or anything like that. And then one came and reached out to me and asked if I wanted to publish under them, which dramatically increased the audience that was reading my stuff. And then after that, I started getting requests from companies like Log Rocket to write for them. So it it's a lot of just kind of throwing stuff at the wall early on and seeing what sticks. And a lot of it won't. But eventually, if you keep if you keep doing it, it will start to get better. <laughs> Hi,
4: this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one-hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching.
0: I think, Jim, you had a good point earlier, too, that I, I didn't call out at the time. But you, you had mentioned you started off writing things that you thought were fun or Mm -hmm. like interesting. And I think that's a key component to this too, because... I think if you see something like this as a chore, then you're you're going to come into it with that sort of mentality. Like it's oh, I got it. better write this like and you're <laughs> going to hate it. But if it's something that you kind of want to explore because it's a topic you're interested in, you're not only going to do a better job with it, but you're going to enjoy it more and want to do it. Um, yeah. It's not going to seem like a required i I have to do this. You're just going to have more fun with it and actually do a better job at the same time.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I've always enjoyed. I've not seen writing as as part of um, a a work or something. It's always font, right? And and I always okay. I broke my record of writing. I've written uh, um consecutively now for like twenty two weeks. Yes, because I mm. timed my. Attack. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I try to keep track of how I write and the um, time I write. So before it was like, let say. Eight weeks, two months or so, but since last year, October to now, uh yeah, October, yeah. So I've been writing consistently. So Every day? Uh, not every day, but at least oh, okay.
3: three Once times a week. a week. No, three okay. times
2: a week. I Most times, it's not really something that I'll publish. It's just something I just open up my drop and start writing. Sometimes <laughs> it's just um so an idea that pops into my head. Uh, maybe I might publish later, maybe I might not, but I just enjoy writing, so I... I just
3: write. That's a really great idea to go and like just put those ideas out there. Cause then later on, you can hit them up and be like, oh, yeah. And when you're stuck for ideas, you can go back to that and it's a gold mine. You can find maybe let it write a little outline in there, have a couple of notes around, hey, this is an important site, you know, that I went to that, you know, or this is a, the MPM module that I needed, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Again, your mom was so right. It's About doing it like every day, <laughs> that's the thing. You want to get good at something, you do it a lot and you do it regularly. Like if you want to get good at coding,
0: code every day. If you want to get good at writing, write every day.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: To be the, I know there's also some side projects that you've been working on that you wanted to talk about as well. Do you want to talk a bit about what you've built?
2: Uh, um, He's not yet done like 50%. done. He's actually a school project. I've not found a proper name to give it. Still tried, maybe school pride or something. Um, the, this is a school project about high schoolers that just graduate from high school and looking up to, um, universities or colleges they want to enroll in. Okay. Here in Nigeria, um, uh, I'm in Nigeria, actually. So, and here in Nigeria, uh, we don't really have a good, um, note about all the schools. And okay. For example, me, I had the university I, I went to, the college I went to was because my brother went to this college, not because I searched for any college. So, and, and after I went to the college, I discovered that it was, they are not like top 10 in the field that I went for. So, but already, I'm already in the college. So I had to just go through it. So I'm trying to um, build a, a website or app that will bridge that gap. You can uh, search for colleges based on the fields you want, um, based on rankings, based on distance too. Maybe you don't want to go far from home. You just want a college that is near uh, for me. So you search based on those parts and then you see the top best schools. You can choose from Mm. it. Also, alumni or people who are attending the colleges can also comment so that you know what is really going on in this school. Maybe this school is not so good and the alumni will will tell you that before you go into each school or before you start applying for each of the schools, you know what we we want Yeah, That's what the project
3: is about. Nice. Are you doing that in React?
2: Yes, yes, React.
3: Nice. And is it full stack? So you're doing the whole thing? You're doing like... What are you using on the back end?
2: I'm, still, I'm only a front-end developer. The friend is helping with the back end. He's doing Express Node.js.
3: Nice. Okay. Yeah. And are you using Tailwind up on the front? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: how did you get started with, with web development or with your interest in technology? Was it something that you liked you know, as a kid or as a teenager, or was it really more after you got into college that you decided that was what you wanted to do
2: okay i've always tried to tell this story (laughs) actually i i loved programming from watching movies and source of all those things yes so when it was time to apply and that was one of the reasons i went to my brother's school because he liked he actually liked me (laughs) because they knew that that was what i loved so it was like my school is doing this So you better apply for it. So I didn't bother checking for any other school again, because that's just what I I wanted to do. So immediately the next day, I just ran and enrolled for the application and the rest. So I've always loved programming. Though in my university days, yeah, I I did a programming class information technology, but it was theoretical a theoretical aspect of it. So I had to start learning on my own, and then later, it was my finance. I went to a boot camp.
1: I've heard similar things from a lot of people that they have either information technology degrees or computer science. But it, like you said, it's a lot more theoretical than hands on with technologies that people are using today. So what did you what did you get out of your boot camp? Or what did you learn there that kind of helped actually make it able make you able to build websites or to take what you learned in theory and put it into practice?
2: Okay. So the boot camp I went to, they assumed that I knew nothing of programming. So that's what they did. So they assumed I knew nothing because they knew that what I what I knew was a hell knowledge of what um, maybe a HTML tag is, yes, I I did Java, I did um, SPL and the rest in school, but they knew it was mm-hmm. just theoretical knowledge and I couldn't actually code. So they assumed that I knew nothing. So they started afresh and what they did actually was more of advice, guidance, coaching, and then projects. Like some of the projects were are, like punishments. Like we just come one day and they will punish us with some projects. And then <laughs> the first, the first day I learned how to use the user tool. it was actually a project and <laughs> it was a punishment that, <laughs> that we are tasked to build a life score application, like a football life score application. So mm-hmm. at first we knew what, we never knew what a hoop. Was and uh, we've never heard of hooks, but because of that project, we had to research and we knew what hooks was. So that was what. And that, um, I also got my mentor from the bootcamp who encouraged me to start um, writing technical articles. So virtually 50% of what I know now, I got it from bootcamp.
3: I know a lot of people will think about hooks punishment, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> particularly by how they are treat how they treat you when they go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> When you forget to clean up, right? Right? Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I have a question, though. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. So, movies. So, you, you got excited about programming from the movies? I've never seen a movie that had a, a like an interesting programmer in it, honestly. They're always like some recluse.
2: Yeah. Not, not really uh, interesting. Like the movie called, is it very happy or dark past? One of two is an old movie. Not really. They uh, are doing impossible, impossible things in the movies. Like, you see a programmer, or, uh, let me, let me use, for example, um, um yeah, let me say, hackers want to hack the White House.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah, see, <laughs>
2: you, yeah. see pro, uh-huh. you see, programmers just uh, clicking on keys. And, right. <laughs> and things <are> just <laughs> appearing. So those things were the things that intrigued me. And I thought, yeah. at first, when I grew up, I thought it was really how it was. That, that, <laughs> at the, when I first told my brother, because I searched about um, computer science schools, the best computer science schools in the world then back then. So it was um, Massachusetts MIT. Mm. So when I told my brother that I would do my PhD in Massachusetts, he was like, "Ah, can you can you press um, the keyboard like how these guys are pressing?" So it was <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually like a challenge at that point that I still learning. I I still learning to master the um, keyboard. I didn't. Uh, we had the full set desktop. So, but I didn't knew. I didn't know anything about it. What I did was just. Mastering how the keyboard works. And me and my brother, we played the game. Like we we'll just close our eyes and we will be taxed, and the other person will ask us, "Let identify the G key or get MH key. With our eyes closed, we we'll look for it. So it was part of the game, and those are the things that helped me actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably a much better typist than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna put a link in the the chat and the the show notes to a site called HackerTyper.net. If you <laughs> haven't seen it before. And it's, it's, it's kind of amazing, right? It's, it's a site that basically you can type like mad and it'll just spit out like this C code on the screen. The idea being like, you could sit in a coffee shop and just like, just go absolutely nuts hitting random keys and just, and look like a hacker from the movie. So if you haven't seen it before, you should definitely check it out. Cause you can, you can live out your dreams.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I just opened it now. <laughs>
0: It's so true. So sad, I though.
1: I always I, find myself like really focusing on when they do show those kinds of things to try and see if it is actually code that they're writing in the command line or if it's just some g- garbage that doesn't oh, actually work.
3: It's usually PHP. I've seen <laughs> so <laughs> much PHP in movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're the site, and it's, it's like a... PHP script or, like put a date on the page or something. or like,
0: What? No. It's like how you know there's a software developer if like you oh, yeah. you see if they show some code for a second you're like hold on we need to rewind and, <laughs> s- r- and pause <laughs> that was- on that exact screen because I gotta <laughs> see what they're showing there actually. <laughs> yes.
2: I well I try to I I try to use um, the command line to flex with my friends that I don't know anything mm-hmm. about code um, I might just write <laughs> uh, something of like ls how to display everything and they'll be like whoa what did you just do <laughs> so, <laughs> so actually he, he talks actually <laughs> uh,
3: it's, it's funny how engineers are, are are so into like the look of the terminal and stuff like i when i ever i get my, you know, put up my videos Half the questions I get are what theme, what font? What font, font? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, what, what, you know, what, What's your what, you know What terminal settings are you using? All of that stuff, and it's like none of that is gonna. Or what keyboard do you use? I've even gotten that. Much. <laughs> really?
1: Right. It's what not the keyboard, man. And what what VS Code theme are you using? Oh,
0: every time. <laughs> I, what's funny is I I get those questions, but I also ask those questions. Oh, yeah. so I'm, yeah, I'm probably fair. one of those people in your yeah. in your comments, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> it doesn't stop black yeah. magic. All you gotta do is just like go around and like you know take the themes and like just just click through until you find one that you like, and you're like, okay, there you go. I like purple, or like <laughs> this, or like whatever. <laughs> Not not crazy.
0: <laughs> well, Chimizi, this has been this has been an awesome chat. I have had a lot of fun. Is there okay. anything that we've we've missed? Any any topics, anything that you wanted to discuss or any advice you wanted to pass on that we haven't touched on to this point?
2: Not really. Yeah. But for advice uh, for folks like me who are just start who are still starting out, yeah. The advice is just do start building, start writing. Um, At least it has worked for me, it has worked for a couple of others. I know maybe it works for you guys too. So yeah. even if or even if you don't know what to write about, you can just okay, there are always arguments about tech going on in Twitter. Tech Twitter um current is like a a, a courtroom for different arguments, like which programming language is is the is more popular, is react better than you and the rest. So you might just look at those um topics and pick one of them and start writing about it. Since you, you maybe you don't you don't um know what's right, or maybe you think that um, the ideas you have has been written um, by others, you can still write it. Actually, the, be- the the more you write, the better you you get at them, as you say. Oh, yeah. So just start mm-hmm. writing. And also, if, okay, especially for those folks that think that um, this particular idea or this particular concept has been written more times. Anytime you go to the, um, the what is it called, the, um, Google and type any random thing, You'll see pages up to like ten hundred coming out. Many, many people are writing about it. So don't think about it either. Just start writing. Even if, even if the concept has been written a million times and it's, what, and it's that same concept that is intriguing you, just write about it. Yeah.
0: Cool. That is some great advice to end on. So why don't we use that then as a segue
4: to our picks. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. And Paige, Paige, do you want to kick us off?
1: Sure, I will kick us off. Um, So for those of you who are in the Northern Hemisphere, you might be going through winter or first spring or possibly second winter or third spring. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> if you live somewhere like Atlanta, where it varies 30 degrees on the day. But one thing that I've found that I really like and use frequently are grippy socks. So they're regular super fuzzy socks, but they have little, like, little plastic grippies on the bottom of them. So that they don't slide around and you don't slide off. And when you're working from home and you don't wear shoes, like a lot of us do, I think, as developers, they're really nice. You can easy to take off, easy to throw on when your feet get cold, things like that. And I have really been using mine a lot lately. So that's going to be my recommendation today is grippy socks. You know, they're really cheap on Amazon. You can probably get a two pack for $10 US or something. So good investment. I would highly recommend them if you're like me and your feet start off really cold and then warm up throughout the day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> cool. I, I'll actually go next just because I also have a cold weather-ish <laughs> pick. So I'm going to pick a stylus and I'll hold it up so my co-host can see it. Those of you listening will not be able to. But a common problem here where it does get very cold is that it's very hard to use a phone screen outside when oh, you also have to wear yeah. gloves because uh. it gets depressingly cold here and if you haven't tried before they have gloves that have like they put tips on the end so you can use them with smartphones and stuff yeah but i'm here to tell you that those things are not good they they fall apart almost instantly like they weren't great (laughs) at the store when you're trying them out but like when it's not cold Right. Through yes. actual usage, though, like that the stuff because like, they put like some sort of like metal coating on the fingertips to conduct, you know, w- whatever magic science voodoo is going on. <laughs> but that stuff wears off over time. And so eventually they just turn into normal gloves. And so finally, I've come around to using a stylus and my my wife got me one for Christmas that's like a nicer one that has like adjustable ends. And it's great because you can wear your super heavy, bulky gloves and just carry carry it around when you're doing something or you need your phone so you can be out when it's zero degrees or whatever and still doing your thing. So I was a stylist naysayer for a while, but i've I've come around I'm done with the I'm done with the phone gloves, <laughs> and I'll link to the specific one I've got just in case somebody's really wants to dive in and get like an adjustable one and really go all out and that is my pick, Jack, what picks do you have for us?
3: Okay, well, I was just going to have one, but y'all convinced me to do two here. So, and I'll work on your theme of like the cold and dark weather thing. So another thing about living like in the way, way north. So I'm up in Portland and living up here, you get really short days. Not like Alaska short, but short. So, you know, you get up in the sunrise.